I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Hope you've had a good week. Looking forward to a cold weekend here in Texas finally. But you know, my guest today, he knows about the cold. He's uh, up in <laughs> up in Canada. Uh, and Joe Emerald's been on several times. And I basically said to Joe, look, man, anytime you want to come on, whatever you want to talk about, let, let's do it. Um, because he's one of those guys who's always interesting, always got some great stories, doing a lot of good work. Uh, he hosts Huntley Street up in, in Canada, for those of you that know that program. Uh, and he's he's got another book out. This one he's co-written um, with a guy named Todd Stahl. It's called Mind Gum. And I, one thing about Joe, you'll figure out real quick, is he has the best book titles. You know, <laughs> uh, there it's always interesting, and, and I think that's part of the reason I enjoy talking to him. He looks at life a little sideways, like like I do. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. We're going to give you some things to chew on, right? Uh, oh, good one. Yeah. Well, that's that's in your subtitle. I, I didn't. That's that true. That's true. But, but before we do that, Joe yeah. has a lot of connections um, around the world, uh, uh, but in Israel, um, and he's got some show and tell. Uh, and I, I kind of want to tap his brain on what's going on over there because um, he, he knows kind of both sides of the conflict. He's 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 got a lot of good insight. And so I will, would like to take advantage of that. But, Joe, great to have mm-hmm. you back on Life Today Live. Thanks for being here today, man. Listen, you know I love coming on and chatting with you. And uh, we are bracing for a very cold weekend here in Toronto. Uh, we're expecting a massive snowstorm to begin in the next three hours or so. Yeah. So we're we're bracing for that. <laughs> yeah, that's been, that's been working its way up the East Coast here in the U.S. Uh, we've just yeah. got cold winds. We're supposed to get down below freezing, which for us is a big deal. I know. Uh, I wish it was only freezing. <laughs> you, you, it's funny. It gets in the 60s, and you'll see people in Texas with the big parkas on. I'm like, really? Oh, that's, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right. What do you what do you have sitting next to you? Uh, and, and what? Oh, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Well, we were chatting a little bit before we came on, and you were one-upping me with cool gas and the stuff they had in the background. <laughs> I said, hey, I have cool stuff too, you know. I just don't have it on display. So here, I have this. I'll show it to you, and I'll kind of explain what it is. So this was, um, I got it back in 2006, and it was after the last major war Israel had with Lebanon on, on the on the border with Hezbollah. And after the war ended, the, the government invited me to go over and kind of, you know, see the things that calmed down and to, you know, do a few special episodes to show people back in the West that it was okay to go. And so we were way up in in the north by the by the border, and uh, this was in in somebody's house, and they said, "Here, I want to give this to you." I'm like, "Well, it doesn't look like much, right? It's kind of, <laughs> I don't know, whatever." And she said, "This is a part of the door of a Syrian aircraft that was shot down by the IDF during the Yom Kippur War in 1973." Wow. And she said, I want you to have it and take it back home. And I was like, say that again? A what? Right? <laughs> if you look carefully, can we see it here? Yeah. Where is it? Right there. there. You can right still there. see. That's where the bullet came out when it was shot down and it crashed it in their backyard. And there was also, what they give me? They gave me like some of the dials from, 
from the cockpit. They don't turn. They were like kind of burned. They were seized. Yeah. And I got, what do I got here? I got some of the harnesses, just, just a crazy piece of equipment. And so I, I got to the airport in Tel Aviv. And the first question they ask you is, did anybody give you anything to bring home? <laughs> I'm like, Oi, do I have a story for you? <laughs> so I told the guy, I have pieces of a Syrian aircraft that you shot down during the Yom Kippur War. And they go, Ma? What? <laughs> Hebrew? And within seconds, he's on his little radio, and I'm surrounded by these big, tall Israeli, you know, Mossad-looking kind of guys. <laughs> and they said, explain to us, where do you get this? And so I told them the story, and they said, okay, we're going to check it out. And so they walk away to go x-ray it and do other things. And the security guy is with me the whole time. He looks over at me, and he goes, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, not... so they scanned it. There was no residue, nothing like that. So I brought it home. And so I keep it here. And I brought that up because, you know, that was 50 years ago during Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day in the in the Jewish calendar. Mm -hmm. and, and at that time in 73, the whole country shut, shut down, Randy. Mm -hmm. No radio, no television. Uh, all the highways are closed. Mm -hmm. That's the day the kids are, are allowed to play on the major highway soccer and stuff because there's no vehicles whatsoever. And while Israel were completely shut down and there was no communications between the military, even uh, Syria and some other countries from the east attacked and almost wiped out the state. Mm. And 50 years later, almost to the day within, I think it was not even a week, uh, Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles. Same thing. It's a day of rest. It was a Saturday morning, Shabbat. Kids were watching cartoons while people were having coffee. And they attacked on that day. So, it, you know, it seemed like it was a very intentional time because they knew that they would be caught off guard. So it yeah. was a horrible, horrible attack. Yeah. So, you know, the the difficulty, I think, from a Christian perspective is that, you know, as, as believers, Scripture says that, you know, we are a, a kingdom of all tribes and all nations, right? So as Christians, yeah. we would extend a hand of love to Jews. We would extend a hand of love to Arabs, wherever they're at. Um, of course. You know, we don't want to get our hand cut off, but, you know, the, just the posture there is that we, we invite everyone, you know, to, the, to dine at the table. Um, so I, 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 it can be difficult to talk about sometimes because in a, I, I in a political that. fight that we're in right now, you know, just from yeah. a, from a, even from a, a right and wrong position, you look at it and you go, man, you know, in Gaza where they're, they're saying, you know, from the river to the sea and these people that are marching here in the U S and Canada, uh, mm -hmm. you're like, Nick, you're, you're supporting genocide and we're going to oppose genocide. Doesn't matter who it is. And then they say, well, the Israelis, they're committing genocide in Gaza. And you're like, no, yeah, I yeah. don't think so. You know, you look at more aid has gone to Gaza than we spent on the Marshall Plan rebuilding Germany after World War II. Mm -hmm. And what has it gotten the people of Gaza, much less Israel with these mm -hmm. tunnels and armaments and everything? I yeah. mean, I look at that and I go, clearly, the, the you know, Hamas, the Iranian backed. Uh, militias all around the region in Lebanon, the Houthis mm -hmm. in Yemen. I mean, these are people that are out for genocide. And when you talk about, uh, you know, a democracy or a republic like the United States, something that's built on principle that is supposed to protect people, um, th that's not going on over there. The only, mm -hmm. the only good example of a good government in that region is Israel, right? So for, for 
purely political reasons, I'm like, we got to stand with Israel. How do you see it and how do you deal with it? Because I know you know people both sides of the yeah. border. I mean, I, I could hear your heart and where you were going with, with your with your thoughts, because I had the same thing when it started, because here in Canada on Huntley Street, we decided to do a, you know, a special story to cover what was going on. It happened over our Thanksgiving weekend here, and so everything was shut down. And over the weekend, we started to work and say, hey, we got to get people talking about this. This is a major event. And I was set to interview one of our pastors who has been there for over 40 years. He's Canadian-born, but he's been at the King of Kings Church in Jerusalem for 40 years. He's well-known around the world, uh, Pastor Wayne Hilsden. And I was talking to him, and I asked him a question. I said, I'm sure if I'm asking it, there's a lot of other people thinking the same thing, and it's this. When Jesus was on the cross and he was being crucified by the Romans who were putting, you know, the nails in his hands and the crown on his head, he, he said a prayer and he said, Father, forgive them. But he said, for they know not what they're doing. I said, Lord, these people knew what they were doing. They planned it. They prepared for it. Yeah. It was their heart's desire to carry out this attack. So how can, Lord, how do I pray, Father, forgive them? Because they knew what they were doing. And that's been the just the 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 battle in my heart because you know the one side of you is furious and you're outraged at what happened and the other side is like what you're saying well everybody's invited you know to the table and i wish i had the perfect answer for that i still don't some days i find myself getting very upset and other days i'm just praying inconsolably like lord you got to do something you know, we spoke to a man who was from a palestinian background who you know hated jewish people all of his life and was actually part of the struggle against Israel when he was part of the uh, Palestinian Authority with the Yasser Arafat. And like, well, how did you come to Israel and how did you come to work with the Jewish people? And he said, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, I know it sounds trite and it sounds, but it's true. I mean, really, when Christ comes into your life, he's the only one who can really melt away hatred and unforgiveness and callousness and all of that. So when I'm having a bad day, Randy, when I'm having an angry day, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you do it, mm. but somehow give me love and give me the empathy to pray because I don't even know how to pray. So it's a very difficult and fine position because you can see the arguments. You can see, you know, what's happening on both sides, but it's just, Lord, how do I, how do I love people through all of this? And this, you know, speaks back to the last book to Jesus, Lee, is going after those who feel like outcasts and outsiders so it's 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 a really really difficult um thing to navigate sometimes yeah i i do at the end of the day think the best thing for the the people in gaza would would be to get rid of the leadership that's there so well hamas definitely has i mean listen right from the beginning they said we exist for one reason right to annihilate to annihilate right. the um the Zionist entity. They don't even say the word Israel. Mm. And so I was in Israel in 2005 when they pulled out of Gaza. And they, not only the living Jews were taken out of Gaza, they even took out the Jews that they had buried in the land. So mm. there's not a single remnant of anything Jewish. And I was at the Western Wall, Randy, when they were dropping off busloads of people from Gaza, Jews from Gaza. Mm. And families were just adopting them and taking them home until they could find their place. Mm. So you know, it's not been under occupation, and that no. word gets misused a lot. Yeah, you know, it's a propaganda um, because, word because, well, because it's not happening. I right. mean, there right. there hasn't been an occupation, and we understand that it's 
it's it's based on on hatred and it's based on you know an ancient ancient you know feud in in the region but hamas is definitely not doing its citizens any favors by building terror tunnels under hospitals and mosques and schools and knowing that israel is going to have to counter strike it's just it's it's a mess in hebrew there's a word they use called balagan just a big mess and that's what it is yeah yeah well the the answer i mean it i know it does sound trite to our christian ears but it's the absolute truth i mean the answer is christ you look at the sermon on the mount how radical would the sermon on the mount be or is it today preached in gaza you know um but if if they would adopt that i mean i think the jews would be fine with it <laughs> right you know they would they would they'd leave them alone they'd help them out I, you know um but I, that's i guess at the end of the day you look at it and you go man this is why the gospel is so important this is why the work that you do even in places like liberia mm-hmm. is so important because it is the answer for all of our problems it really is and i know it can sound corny sometimes jesus is the answer but he really is the answer that's why we say it you know i've heard reports from my friends in israel of i don't know i wouldn't couldn't say thousands, maybe in the hundreds of these Palestinians who are under this, you know, barrage of firing, and there's all this, you know, unsureness of what's going to happen in the future. And many of them, from what I'm hearing from my friends, is they're having visions, they're having dreams at night where Jesus is appearing to them Mm -hmm. and saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Like, this is happening just in the last few weeks. Like, that's that's amazing to me as a Westerner. And this is the prayer, oh God, open up the eyes of their heart, and may we as the Canadians in the West begin to pray that, that God would really use this horrible situation to do something great in the hearts of the people. Yeah, and you know, we know that uh, these groups that are targeting Israel and others in the region, um, you know, Americans, Westerners in the region, blocking, blockading the Red Sea, I don't know if people, the average person, I don't even know if they know that they ships are not going through the red sea right now cargo ships and so it's driving up all sorts of issues in fact tesla shut down their german manufacturing operations just in the last couple of days because of the parts issue because the red sea is closed down so i mean um but where was i going with that the um the reality is is that when we you know when we bless those who persecute us we, we pray for our enemies that the prayer is what they're seeing in their visions is is that god open their eyes to you yes open their yeah. eyes to to the truth of of the gospel uh and oh i was going i was going to say is that they're iranian backed you know iran backs the mm-hmm. yemen the hezbollah hamas all these groups yeah. that are terrorizing people but you know where i know some people working in iran you know where one of the greatest revivals is the, an, an underground church where underground it, yeah. it is in iran there are so many christians in iran it, it, it's just and i'm just you know you wait to see the fruit of that because it yeah. could really it could just revolutionize the region so I mean, if you want to pray yes pray for peace in in jerusalem pray for peace in israel um but pray for the church in iran because if they would overturn the people that are supporting all these terrorist groups. Oh, Randy, yeah. Uh, it would it would set a lot of things right in that region. So, anyway, I mean, often during times of persecution, that's when we see the church really erupt and growth. I'm actually working on a new book, and part of it is studying the Roman culture in the first century, 
and looking at what the Romans did to the church, to the Christians, and it was under like the most intense persecution that the church just exploded. Mm -hmm. We don't pray for persecution, but we know that in that time, God can use that to bring people to himself because you really have to rely on your faith when you have nothing else. And that's what we're lacking here in the West. We have a lot to rely on, but some people have nothing but Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and well, self-reliance has its has its good side, but it has sure. its negative side too. And sure so, does, my friend. Somewhere. All right. Uh, so, the book that is out now, Mind Gum, chew on it. These yeah. are devotions for men, uh, yeah, and you've good. got uh, a, a lot of interesting titles in here. <laughs> yeah, we like to have fun. <laughs> no, I can't take credit for the name. Uh, Todd Stahl is the one who came up with, with Mind Gum. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's the guy who came up with get off your ash if you remember that one yes and say that word clearly people like yeah the same (laughs) ash a-s-h the same man who brought you that brings you mind gum and so he he wrote me this past summer and he wrote a book called uh, 40 days in the man cave and it was a great success and um he wanted to do a follow-up and he said god really put it on my heart to contact you to see if you'd want to co-write you know this part two this men's devotional with me i said oh i've never written anything like that before and so he's kind of like the sports guy you know the coach leadership driven uh-huh. devotions you know and i i'm the pastor guy i'm the story guy like i love telling experiences and how they relate to to men so it, it, it's a little schizophrenic because the devotions will seem so different that's because you have two minds working in the same book <laughs> <laughs> well yours seems if, if i'm reading these titles right um hmm to really go towards a lot of movie references <laughs> a lot of pop ah, culture and tv show references um give us a sample of um you know one of the things that you're you're talking about well you said tv references so like you can't see it because it's out of my frame but just um on my my dresser behind me i have this the starship enterprise from star trek so <laughs> i'm a big trekkie and so when, when i was writing this and Uh, I came to Matthew 28, which was, you know, the Great Commission, you know, boldly go into all the world and preach the gospel. I'm like, oh, I got to do a Star Trek, Captain Kirk, right? (laughs) Right. To boldly go where no man has gone before. So because we're writing this for men, you know, we're trying to like kind of get their attention. So we'll use sports references. We'll use movie, you know, uh, pop culture references to get guys who maybe wouldn't do devotions to go, oh, I'm a Trekkie, or I like soccer, I like football, I like this, and they'll they'll dig in, and then maybe God will use something, you know, that we've been through an experience that I've had, or that Todd has had, that'll speak, you know, to the men. So that's why we kind of wrote it that way, not just to be flamboyant, but to really be intentional about getting a guy's interest going, oh. And so even at the end of the book, we end with manly menus, manly recipes. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so I have my famous meatloaf recipe in here. Todd's a fireman. He's got like a firehouse uh, chili recipe in there. So it's just whatever we can do to get men to begin to read devotions that are biblically based that can impact their lives. So being Canadian, do you guys kill your own meat? Do we kill our own meat? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it depends what part of the country you're from, right? In the GTA in in Toronto, no. You just go to a grocery store. Oh, yeah, a lot of hunting up here. Are you kidding? I I know, I know. I'm joking. I hear moose is Uh, actually very good. I've never had moose, but um, yeah, moose is what almost a hundred percent muscle, so there's no fat. Mm, that does. So it's good. a very different kind of a meat to eat. But yeah, but it's it's a big deal up here. Guys will go the whole week. 
we'll drive like 20 hours up north you know to go moose hunting i'm like god bless you i'll go to walmart and buy some ground beef <laughs> I, I hear you too i'm I, my yeah i grew up hunting and, and but i'm like i really don't care to shoot anything but if you do i'll eat it so okay I, i'm good i'm good with that um do you the idea of writing a devotional for men i'm, I'm curious about this um mm. i you know in, in, here in the united states and, I, and i'm pretty sure it's the same in canada Pop culture is really, uh, what's the word? Demasculating is what I'm wanting to say, but that's not the right word. Um, it's we're, we're redefining what a man should be. Um, right. What do, what do you see when you look in Scripture? I mean, because just being a man is not toxic. You know, sin is toxic for men and yeah. women. But being a man or being a woman, as God created you to be, is his design mm -hmm. is it not what do you, do yeah. you see scripture I, I, running I push counter back. yeah i push back against this new definition of what a man is you know a man does this a man doesn't do this or doesn't do that and i'm like you know i push back against it because a real man just does whatever is necessary to make to keep his family together to please his wife to raise his children so if that means being emotional i'll be emotional if it means being tough sometimes i'll be tough mm -hmm. it's just doing what i need to do as a person to make sure that my family is is okay and you know so often we hear oh a real man doesn't cry or a real man doesn't do this and i'm like who are you to define <laughs> what i am as a man yeah I, you know I, well and, and what i'm thinking is is jesus wept shortest verse in the bible right so i mean if we if we if jesus was our model for all of humanity can he not be our model for manhood too? You know, he was he was tough when he needed to be tough. Uh, yeah. He he cared for people when they needed to be cared for. Uh, exactly. And he also he also stood up against wrong in the culture. I mean, that's a pretty good model if you ask me. Yeah, to me that that's what being a man is. It's not you know about trying to be dominant or trying to be anything. Right. I said, listen, I, I just. I respond to what my family needs and you know when they need a tender hand i can have a tender hand mm -hmm. if they need a hard hand i'll have a hard hand it's i i don't i, I refuse <laughs> to accept the, the definition of somebody else's version of what i should be you know i know what i need to be at the time and you know i've been through a lot of experiences in my life that have shaped me and made me who i am you know and you know people say oh a man doesn't do that or i'm like don't just go away like i i don't have time for that kind of stuff life is short just let me love my family let me love the people in my life you know sometimes i can be a stuff like i don't know what you're like but once i hit my, my 50s like um up here anyways we receive an old man card like an old man grumpy card when you get 50 years old right it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good card and so i i've reached that place in my life where i'm like I just I don't have time for for this redefining and this nonsense. Uh, just right. let me love the people God has called me to love, and like I said, I mean, you know, I'll be in Liberia with the children, and we're at the orphanage, and they're all surrounding me, calling me daddy, daddy, and I start to cry. And you're mm. gonna say I'm I'm not a man because I'm crying. I'm like, mm. well, that's fine. So, I know who I am. I'm comfortable. Okay, so you you do a lot of work in Liberia for people that don't know, and you just are completing an orphanage with the help of a lot of people financially, yeah. which is wonderful. I'm, I think it's such a great thing. Speaking of old man grumpy things that I'm I'm I just don't <laughs> even have time to even I'm, you know if you there's a criticism out there 
that if I hear I'm basically writing you off and if you want to push it, I'm going to bite your head off, right? And that is this idea of, uh, well, this white savior bit, right? Of, of mm. you know, do you, have you have you gotten any of that? Because I've, I've gotten some, some comments and, and I have to check myself and go, Lord, let me respond in the right way because I just want yeah. to go, look, I see somebody in need. I don't give a rat's rear end what color their skin is. Jesus yeah. says to go help them. I'm going to help them. If you got a problem with that, then you're the racist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I knew, you know, of course, we'd all heard about this whole white savior syndrome, you know, where you kind of go in there and you save the day and I'm going to get you all out of poverty. I was very aware of that from my first time going there. And it was very much about, hey, this is what I think you need. It was always, what do you guys need to make your community more self-sustainable? Like, mm-hmm. what would be the best thing that I could help you do? And that just did away with that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, God has used this person who looks like me from the West to bring aid and to help them get started. But once it gets going, I back off. So, like, I'm not going multiple times a year anymore, Randy. I only have to go once a year just to kind of oversee the projects and see how things are going. We have the locals who are running it. And so I was very aware of that, just always working with them. Hey, what do you need and how can I come alongside you to do that for your community? Sure. And they really responded to that. And, you know, and I do understand there is a right and a wrong way to go about these things. Uh, But, you know. The whole issue of race, I've kind of come to the point where I go, you know what? It's not scriptural. It's not even scientific. It's a man-made construct, and I'm just not buying mm-hmm. into it. I just I reject it entirely. Um, you know, Paul says, I think it was Paul. It was in the New Testament. You know, we are all created from one man. In other words, God God made us all. We didn't evolve differently along different evolutionary mm-hmm. lines. Some more superior than others, and you can see it in skin. That's all garbage. And now in Christ. You know, we are a kingdom of, of every tribe, every nation, right? All the cultures. And the cultures are different and beautiful. And I love hearing about people people's cultures and their traditions and Big things time. like that. Yeah. But but when you when when you're in Christ, you're you're one, you know. Um I got I got brothers and sisters that look like everything you can imagine in this world. And I got more in common with them than people that may look like me that reject Christ. So it's just a different yeah. paradigm. Yeah, I, I don't reject race because, you know, I'm very aware that, that it exists, but I don't, I forget sometimes in Liberia that like Africans are black. Like I don't see that. Like I, I see Joshua, I see Sam, I see Daniel. And when they refer to me, they don't say, oh, you know that white guy from Canada? They say, oh, you know Pastor Joe from Canada? Like that's like whatever. It's just who are you as a person and how can we work together to make this nation better? And when you operate on that level, yeah. Like, I love it. You know, like, they've given me um, my permanent residence in Liberia. So whenever I show up and I show the passport control when I arrive, my permermanent residence, and they go, you're Liberian? I go, what? I go, what? Can't you tell? And they go, oh, I see it now, you know? And it's, it's just fun. You just, just love people, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the truth right there, man. All right. Well, we could chat about some other things, but uh, I'll, I'll just remind people of the devotional, Mind Gum Chew on it. You want yeah. a good devotional for men, something yeah. that they can relate to. Joe's got his right there. Um, just just a good way to get people into spiritual truth, God's Word. Anything you want to add, man? Anything I'm, we didn't talk about? I, I just appreciate no. you. No, just tell people, that, you know, they can go to Amazon.com to get a copy of Mind Gum. That's probably the best way if you live in the States. It's it's cheaper and it'll get to you a lot, a lot quicker. 
And just this is a great Father's Day gift because a lot of guys won't read True. a big, thick book. True. And we, we made it like thin on purpose because sometimes men get intimidated by a big book. And these, you can read them in three minutes. They're real easy. They'll bring you in real quick to a cultural you know, issue or something in pop culture, get you interested, tie it to a verse, and just get you to chew on it, get you to think about it a little bit. So I'm hoping people will get this for the men in their lives for Father's Day. And you know what else I like about that, Joe? Mm. Um, the, the, the approach of just get you to think about it a little bit is sometimes we think we have to, we have to close the deal anytime we talk to somebody, you know? And with men, especially older <laughs> grumpy men, that can be real tough. But, you know, it's okay to plant some seeds and, and give it time for the Holy Spirit to water it and let something grow. And so that's right. it's a real good approach. Thank you. Just chew on it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Appreciate you guys out there watching. Uh, if you find this interesting, hit that share button. Let somebody else know about it. And if you're looking for that Father's Day gift for somebody, give them something to chew on. Pick up Mind Gum wherever you get books. Appreciate you guys being here. We got more fun, interesting interviews coming up. Uh, we're booking up, so it's it's a, it's a good time. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time here on Life Today Live. Be true to what you said on paper.